Hi, and welcome to Calm Cash. I'm a sucker for a great quote. I used to have a notebook that I wrote them down in when I was in school. That's pretty weird, I know. There are a bunch of good quotes about money, and one person from history that had lots of them was Benjamin Franklin. I mean, he had tons of quotes about money, way more than just a penny saved is a penny earned. In fact, one idea I had for the podcast was called Benjamin on Benjamin, where I talked about money, citing quotes from the more famous and more deceased Benjamin. Ultimately, I decided zero people will listen to that, but I do love Mr. Franklin and his wisdom about many things, especially money. His quote, if you would be wealthy, think of saving as well as getting, is a great summary for today's episode. We all have to spend, but being smart and saving where we can will ultimately get us closer to our money goals. So today, let's talk about 20 ways to save on your basic necessities. Let's get going and find you some cash. Just a quick refresher of 50-30-20 to get us going. 50% of our spending plan is allocated to our needs. Those basic necessities like housing, utilities, reliable transportation, food, healthcare, and making our minimum debt payments. These are all things that we need to keep ourselves and our families safe and healthy. So we're going to spend money on these things, but it doesn't mean we should spend wildly or not find ways to save a buck or two where it makes sense. These small wins can add up quickly and be used to fund other parts of our spending plan, like our wants or savings buckets. One of my guiding principles for this podcast is that I'm going to talk about methods, tips, tricks, apps, and technology that I use in my life to manage my own money health and mental health. So today, I'll start with what my wife and I did this past week. We downsized from two cars to one for the family. I've mentioned our newborn before, and he's now three months old. With two kids and all the stuff that goes with them, we decided we need to get a bigger car. So this week, we traded both of our cars and upgraded to a larger vehicle, a Honda Pilot for those interested. We shopped our trade-in values with multiple local dealers to find the best prices we could get and haggled on the posted online prices of cars in the inventory, ultimately getting about $5,000 off what it said on the website. Last episode, I mentioned the reduced spending we saw between March and June. We used our spending plan surplus to pay cash for the difference between the price of the car and the value of our trade-ins. So we have a new car that better meets our needs. We avoided a new loan and we'll save about $160 a month on average for the gas, maintenance, registration, and car insurance we don't have to pay on the second car. That's almost $2,000 a year of savings. My wife loves the car. She called it her dream car, which is pretty boring and hilarious. And I love the car and the future savings. A true win-win for our family. Your family situation will be different than mine, and this approach may not work with your work situation, family, and just general parts of life you have to make happen. We're all definitely in a new normal, and it may be worth it to take a look and see if it makes sense to downsize things. It could be a car, a living situation, or something else. What's next on our list of to-dos for our spending plan? Definitely, it will be refinancing our mortgage. My wife and I talked about it today, in fact. If you own a home and have a mortgage, rates haven't been lower than they are today in the last 50 years. I'll say that again, 50 years. On July 16th, the interest rate for a 30-year mortgage 
fell below 3%, which is just astonishingly low. Almost 2 million Americans have refinanced their loans this year, and now remains as good a time as ever. If you don't have a mortgage to refinance or can't do something drastic like change your transportation situation, don't worry because I've put together lots more ideas for how to free up money in your spending plan. Let's stick with housing and talk about some ways to save on utilities and maintaining your home or apartment. Some of these ideas are free to do or use, and others will require spending a little money to save a little money. If you've listened to a few episodes, you won't be shocked to hear that I'm a big fan of technology. It makes our lives more efficient and frees up time for us to do things like spending time with friends and family, or pursuing our passions. It can also help us save money. My first recommendation is to install a programmable thermostat. This is a key part of the movement to having smart homes, and we've seen real savings in our heating and cooling bills since installing our Nest thermostat. It learns our schedule, is super easy to manage with their app, and while it's not cheap at around $170 for their entry model, they pay for themselves and then some once installed. We also use the Belkin Wemo mini smart plugs to be able to control outlets and lights. Turning off lights and appliances when they aren't in use is a super easy way to control your electricity costs, and these smart plugs can help you do that on a scheduler or via their remote management app. Speaking of lights, changing out regular light bulbs for LED lights in your five most frequently used switches will save about $45 per year on your power bill. An appliance that can drive lots of cost is your water heater. An easy hack to save some cash is to lower the temperature on your water heater by a few degrees. This means less power to heat up the water. Do you really need water heated to 120 degrees? Probably not, so maybe give 115 a try. Now let's move to home internet. Like I said on the 50-30-20 episode, I consider internet a necessity in 2020, especially if you're working from home. I'm not going to tell you to skimp on speeds to save some cash. You have to make that call for yourself. But an area where you can see some savings is by buying your own router or modem instead of renting one each month from your service provider. Comcast Xfinity charges $14 a month in equipment rental fees, which is $168 a year. You can get a quality router for $70 to $100, meaning a Comcast internet user breaks even after five months of just owning their own, and then saves $98 for the rest of the year. I guess the downside is you don't have tech support if you need some help, which can be a definite trade-off. But for that kind of savings, I think it's worth it, especially because you can find online help from YouTube and the manufacturer sites if you really need it. One last tip for maintaining your house. I'm not a very handy person at all, and I've talked about that before too. But occasionally, I try some small projects uh, to give me a reason to drink a beer. It seems like every time I do this, though, I need to buy a new tool or some equipment I didn't have before. Those trips to Home Depot can add up, and chances are that tool will sit in my garage for months without getting another use. An alternative to that is using sites like Nextdoor.com. They allow you to connect with your neighbors for a ton of things like getting a babysitter recommendation or for finding out about a great new restaurant but you can also use the site to ask to borrow items from neighbors. Need a table saw for a project, but don't want to spend $300? See if a neighbor, neighbor will let you borrow one on next door. Okay, let's shift gears and cover insurance. So don't stop the podcast. I promise I'll keep this as fast, painless, and hopefully entertaining as possible. 
and we'll do this in kind of a rapid fire way. First, have you noticed that when you buy something, especially electronics, either in a store or online, they ask you if you want the protection plan? I always say no. These require claims to be filed, can be a major pain with exclusions and restrictions, and can be really costly. For fun, I added a robot Roomba vacuum to my Amazon cart for $279, and it offered me a two-year protection plan for $29.99. That's over 10% of the cost of the vacuum itself. I say hard pass. Exceptions to this kind of protection may be to cover your smartphone, especially if you're a little accident prone or have small kids. That's about the only form of consumer electronics protection I'll consider. And while we're talking about our phones, they're expensive. So buy a good case and a screen protector. In 2020, your phone is probably in need, so make sure you're taking care of it. Dave Toda is a wealth advisor in Dallas, and he has a great quote I, I really like. He says, prices go up without fail. You have to watch out for expense creep. He said this in the context of car insurance, renter's insurance, and homeowner's insurance. And Dave is right. One of the reasons the prices keep going up is because 75% of Americans don't shop for a better deal when it comes to these types of coverages. His, rec his recommendation and mine too is to shop these coverages at least once a year to make sure you aren't getting a raw deal. This is now easier than ever with websites like Gabby, that's G-A-B-I.com, The Zebra, Lemonade.com, and Everquote. The last type of insurance to talk about today is health insurance, a need if there ever was one, especially during a pandemic. Most people overinsure themselves because they overestimate how much healthcare they'll actually use or they're really risk averse. I totally get this, but it does mean you'll pay more in premiums for that peace of mind. And we'll talk a lot more about healthcare in the fall, since you can't change your coverage during the year, except under certain life changes or qualifying events. That, that doesn't mean you can't save when you use care. Always opt for generic medications over name brands when available, and 90-day supply limits for maintenance medications often come with lower prices than 30-day fills. If you need care, like an x-ray or lab work, make sure you shop for the lowest in-network prices. Most plans offer tools and resources on their websites to help you find the best rates on these transactional types of care. But don't ever sacrifice on quality for things like surgery or major procedures just to save a buck. Back to our friend, Mr. Franklin. He said, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Well said, especially with our health and wellness. Okay, I saved my favorite topic for last. Let's talk food. We all have to eat, and we've seen food costs on the rise during the pandemic, especially when meat processing plants had to close, making the cost of pork and chicken rise. The no-brainer ways to save on food costs are to cook more and eat out or do takeout or food delivery less. But you all know that. So what are ways to spend less at the grocery store? Well, first, you want to grab the smaller grocery cart. One cart manufacturer doubled the size of its shopping carts to see what would happen. The result? Shoppers bought 40% more groceries. We see an empty space and think we have to fill it up. So opt for the smaller carts or handheld baskets to prevent from overpurchasing. The waste isn't great for the environment, but it especially isn't great for your wallet. I've talked about the Ibotta app before, and they published an interesting article on grocery prices. They took data from over 50 million grocery receipts 
and found patterns on the best days to buy certain items because of price reductions and coupon savings from stores. Shopping on Monday, you'll see savings on beer and ice cream. Tuesday is the best day to buy wine. But overall, the best day to shop for groceries across the board is Wednesday to get the best savings. If you're an impulse shopper, then maybe you shouldn't be doing the grocery run. I'm not saying pawn this off on your significant other. You could outsource it via a service like Instacart or Amazon Fresh. Sure, these do have delivery fees or subscription service fees, and the expectation is that you give a tip to the runner. But let's say you buy groceries every two weeks, and each trip you impulse buy $10 worth of stuff. If you're my wife and your impulse buys are bottles of wine, it's way more than 10 bucks. But let's say for you, it's the $10 impulse buy. That's $260 of grocery splurges a year, more than double the annual fee for Instacart. Plus, you save that hour or two for the convenience of someone else shopping for you. We're an Instacart family and really enjoy the convenience as well as the savings on the splurges. In addition to splurges on wine, my wife likes to buy sparkling water. Her favorite is Waterloo brand from Austin. They taste really good, but those cans of fizzy water do add up. You can still get your sparkling water fixed by making your own at home with a soda stream or a drink mate. These run about 75 bucks, which means you break even after a few months and you always use way less cans, which is good for the environment and your spending plan in the long run. If you're a fish person and love to eat seafood, consider buying frozen. It lasts longer, so you don't run the risk of wasting your purchases. And in some cases, it's the identical product they're selling in the, at the fresh fish counter. Frozen seafood is also more likely to have a coupon or other special to go along with it, which saves you some cash along the way. Last one on food, and it involves spices. We use a lot of spices to make our food more flavorful and to try out recipes from different cuisines around the world. The problem is those spices can be pricey at the grocery store. Just Dang has a cool website called cooksmarts.com. My wife's friend, Leela from Austin, told us about it a few years ago. Just says, many spices and ingredients that are considered specialty at supermarkets are everyday ones and therefore much more affordable at Indian, Asian, Mexican, or African markets. Even at the big box grocery store, Spices in the ethnic food aisle or section can cost less than the spice section. It's dumb, but it's just something to look out for and an easy way to save a buck or two if you're looking to buy a bunch of spices. These are just a few of the growing tips, tricks, and ways that you can save cash for your spending plan. There are so many great resources and smart people who are constantly working on ways to save us some money. And we'll definitely keep talking about those here on Calm Cash. Thanks for listening. Keep working on your spending plan and stay safe. If you like Calm Cash, tell a friend or two, and we'll see you next week.